Welcome everybody to episode two of the Baller Shorts podcast. Again, Ben Teitelbaum here with Doug Kraustein. Say hi, Doug. Hello, Doug. You're terrible at directions. I know, I am. Thanks for coming back for episode number two. As you know, we're going to talk about basketball every week here. A lot of stuff has happened in the NBA over the first week. Uh, We also do want to acknowledge that we still are getting things together with the quality of the podcast, getting new mics and everything, so we appreciate you sticking with us uh, right now as we get everything off the ground. But, Doug, we're here in my apartment, your old apartment. You look very uncomfortable because what was your regal throne, Doug had this great rolly chair that he used to sit in, has now moved to your new place and you're sitting on a little box drum. How do you feel? Uh, This box drum definitely is a little too small for me, Um, but it feels good to be back, Ben. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Yeah, we we did uh, lose a poster with Doug on there, so I don't get to look at him every day as much as possible. But have no fear. Even though I don't live here, there are still two pictures of me hanging on the wall. And I'm not kidding. There's actually two pictures of me. I'm looking at them right now. That's true. Two pictures like 20 years apart. That's creepy. Yeah. Anyway, so excited the basketball season started. I actually just got league pass for the very first time. Mazel tov. Thank you. I'm very excited. My girlfriend is very unexcited. And I think I'm going to be exhausted this whole season because I'm going to catch myself staying up to like 1.30 every night watching, watching games. There's worse things to be doing. Like? Sitting on this box drum, for example. <laughs> Obviously. I set, you, I set you up. I thought you were going to slam it home. You tipped it in. <laughs> tipped it in. So let's just start with, I guess, first impressions from one week of basketball. There's obviously lots to talk about with the Warriors dropping game one, 129, 100 to the Spurs. There's a million things that we could say, but what stood out to you after week one? For me, the first impression I got, and I'm not just saying this because I watched them very intently the first game versus the Knicks, but the Cavs look like they're already in midseason form. And for most teams, like the Spurs or other teams that have been together for a while, that might not be a huge deal, but this Cavs team struggled a little bit with chemistry last year. They had, you know, Kevin Love and LeBron coming together with Kyrie. How would they all fit? They were still... But but does this surprise you? After winning the title, after getting all the pieces back, having uh, Ty Lue again come back as the coach? It doesn't surprise me because of the leadership they have. They have LeBron, obviously, who's commanding the ship. Kyrie and seemingly Kevin Love are now on board. They have a coach who LeBron respects, which we've seen is it could make all the difference. But but what is surprising is there, there was no championship hangover. I mean, you know, it was Cleveland that won the championship. They could have very easily not mailed it in the first few games, but, you know, maybe started a little slower than people anticipated. But no, they were all on board. They're looking good. JR looks good. He signed perso- like three days earlier. I personally think the championship hangover is such a construct. Last year, no hangover for the Warriors. Years before with the Heat, Spurs, doesn't happen. I know there are a couple of instances, but I personally think it's just an easy narrative when a team does start slow. And I think there are a million reasons when there has been a slow start by a, by a former championship team rather than the quote-unquote hangover factor. So I fully expected this from the Cavs. Fair, fair. But if, if they had started slower, like, oh, I don't know, the Warriors, who haven't start come out of the gates rolling like we thought they would, like they did last year, um, it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have surprised me if the Cavs were maybe a little slower and the Warriors were the one who looked all amped up. Because the Warriors don't look, they look great, but they don't look like the Warriors. And I know they're still adjusting, but... Well, I, I think one thing that stands out there is just continuity. 
You know, we see it with every team that has continuity. The beginning of the season is so much easier. Here's a question for you. What do we have to do to get invited to a Cleveland Cavaliers Halloween party? Are you saying you want to go to Ohio? I do want to go to Ohio. Because you, you very adamantly rejected almost a thousand offers of mine to go to Ohio with me. That's because the other options were going to places like California, Europe, and you try to put Ohio on the same pedestal. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Which, uh, I agree, is debatable. We'll have that conversation a different day. For those of you listening, Doug has neither been to California nor Europe, so... But I used to live in Ohio, so it all balances out. Anyway... Yes, the Cavs at the Halloween party, and they took digs at the Warriors, and then Draymond started running his mouth again, which, honestly, I'm getting a little fed up with. And I know I might get kicked in the face by him for it, but... <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed to see this side, or, or a side that we've started to see over the last couple of years, but the continued edge of Draymond Green. I know that's who he is, but I loved him a couple years ago when he was the scrappy underdog. Draymond Green's personality does not work when he's not the underdog. And it's going to be an interesting thing for him to deal with over his career. Because coming out of high school, we know, you know, he went to Michigan State, but wasn't as recruited as some of the other guys. Battled weight problems, didn't start, had to fight for that starting spot senior year. Same thing coming into the league as a second round draft pick. He makes sense with a chip on his shoulder as an underdog. And, you know, everyone has a chip on their shoulder. Michael Jordan had a chip on their shoulder. Players find ways to motivate themselves. But Green's yappiness and Green's scrappiness and and when he's a second-round guy who's trying to fight for minutes and flailing his legs, he's just just so amped up by being in the game. Now, when he's one of the best players in the league, a guy on Team USA, an all-NBA performer, personality-wise, that doesn't work. And I think Draymond Green is actually concerned with narrative and perception more than a lot of guys. And he liked that underdog, I fought for this I position in the league. And it, maybe now that he doesn't have that, he doesn't know what to do or where to stand. And, and that could I, be his downfall. I completely agree with you. Everything you said I completely agree with. I think it's it's too much because now he's widely regarded as one of the top 15 players in the NBA. As he should be. He deserves it. Um, but enough is enough. We know he's painting himself as the underdog, but look, I know that he wants revenge on the Cavs, but they're the overwhelming favorite. I think it's best if he just shuts up, focuses on, you know, getting Durant acclimated, which we knew was going to take a little time. It wasn't going to click right away. You can't just throw a superstar onto a team of superstars and expect it to work. It's not enough shots to go around. They will make it work, but just like just focus on that. Who cares what LeBron's Halloween de- decorations are? I have a would you rather for you before you jump into the next topic. Go on. All right. Just so everyone knows, Ben and I, one of our things is we always ask, you know, these would you rather type scenarios where they're usually one terrible scenario or one terrible scenario, which is the lesser of two evils. A lot of people play would you rather, but I would try. I'd like to think that we play it more often and uh, better than most people. Yeah. Oh, we definitely do. We're, we're probably the best in the world. Um, but I, I love a challenge. Anyway, here's my would you rather for you. You know the controversy Draymond got in during the Olympics, right? The, the picture of his that got out on Snapchat. Yep. Let's just say it was of his nether regions because Ben wants me to keep it PC a little bit. Would you rather have that picture be the background of your phone forever? Forever. <laughs> okay, okay. And like... 
your your family's got to see it. Like you have to like show every single person you meet that this is the background picture of your phone. Like that that's actually how you have to lead in the conversation. So I have to show it to them. I can't just use my phone normally and incidentally if they see Correct. it. Correct. You have to show it to them. Or would you rather live in Ohio for the rest of your life and never leave the state? I gotta I gotta unfortunately go with with Draymond Green's. Man parts as the background to my phone, and it's been said. Well, we'll leave it at that. I gave him an out. I gave him the option to live in the best state ever. Oh but my he said gosh! No. I apologize, Ohio. But all right, let's get back. Can to never do it. So here's what stood out to me, week one, and Go I don't think it. it's a shocker. It's Russell Westbrook's absolutely insane stat line. He had a pretty good week. We're taping this on Tuesday evening for. A th- Some of you out there listen to this after Westbrook plays another game. He is not playing tonight. So as it stands, three games, 38.7 points per game, 11.7 assists per game, 12.3 rebounds per game. Well, let's start here. If these numbers hold, and obviously I don't think either of us think they'll hold as such. Do you you think they could possibly hold like this? No. He, He would break down, I think, the way he plays. I don't think he could. I don't think he would last. No. I think thirty ten and ten is actually feasible. Thirty. What would you say? Thirty eight, twelve, and twelve. Thirty eight. Yeah. I, I don't think that's feasible. But thirty ten and ten. Yeah. Now you have to realize thirty eight points per game would be, I think, the most averaged in a season since maybe like the Jordan. I don't even think Jordan was more than thirty five. We could look it up. Um, do I actually think thirty eight, twelve, and twelve is feasible? No. I mean, last week I asked you was thirty. Eight and eight feasible, but things, and we were debating that. But things have changed, and I think he could average a. I think he could average a triple double. No, I'm not. I'm not. Jordan. That. Jordan never averaged 38. The most he ever 37? averaged was 37.1. There you go. But let's you know have fun play game here. If Westbrook did average this for the season, would it be the greatest statistical season of all time? And I think the only other potential. Qualifier is the Wilt Chamberlain 50 and 25. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to compare Russ to Wilt because they're two totally different players. And Wilt was before his time. I mean, he was a dominant seven footer before there was dominant seven footers. Russ is just an athletic freak, but, you know, players like him and his athleticism do come and go, but they don't, you know, there, there is no Russell Westbrook. I'm not trying to make a comparison there. Do I think it would be the best statistical season of all time? Yes. Do you think it would be good? For the Thunder. Do you think the Thunder could succeed with Russ averaging 38, 12, and 12? That's another thing I wanted to bring up. Is that I think the Thunder start, 3-0, is the biggest mirage of the season thus far. Aww. It's easy to see. It's easy to see. I know you're high on the Thunder. It's easy to see Russ's stat line. It's easy to see a, so far, unbeaten streak and say, you know what? The Thunder are rolling this new... Oklahoma City team is working, but they've beaten three teams who, going into tonight, were a combined one and seven, uh, maybe even one and eight. Um, bad Phoenix team, which we'll get to later. Ah, Phoenix. A bad, a bad but up and coming Laker team, my boys, and uh, and obviously the Sixers. So. I think Westbrook's the type of guy that will beat up on bad teams, especially with bad defenses. And while I think he does need to play this way, I think it's been easy for people in the media to say, you know what, Westbrook's the man and will continue being the man, but I do think this is a mirage. 
I don't think it's a mirage. I mean, they did win the games. Yes, they came very close with the Sixers, but that was the first Sixers game. You know, that was the first game for both teams. It was in Philly. They were all amped up. The crowd was really into it. I, I mean, I, I do think Philly kind of played out of their element a little bit. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a mirage. I mean, I had them as the third best team in the West, above the Clippers, which I know you didn't like. Um, and and the Clippers have been very good to start the year. The Clippers yeah. have been very good. Yes, I do think it's a week, and you play the teams on your schedule, and the, the, the Thunder are 3-0. It's fair. I know you want to do, although it's a little jumping the gun, some early season awards picks. Some did, first week awards. Well, did, did you make the music to introduce me? That wasn't music. That that literally came from your mouth. I watched you as you made that. Do you want me to get my guitar? I no, do you no, want me no, to play no, the land no, is no, music? Nope, it's okay. All right. Yeah, so I want to do some quick first week awards because, you know, some people do them at the quarter season, the mid season, obviously at the end of the season. We're trying to be a little different. We're going to do the first week awards. The MVP is obviously Russell Westbrook. We won't even get into it. Still Although I do, want, I do want to mention something interesting. Okay. I was curious... We're getting into it, I guess. I was curious if a season this statistically good, if it was a definite MVP season. Like, if there was no way, even if the Thunder, say, finished 43-39, and 39, and maybe were the 6-7 seed in the West, and yeah. some other guys who led teams to 60 wins and had great, great totals, such as potentially LeBron. Yeah. And, and here's what I found. During Will Chamberlain's 50.25 rebound a game season, it was the same season as Oscar Roberts' triple double season. Really? And neither of them won the MVP. Really? The MVP that year went to Bill Russell. Bill Russell? Who averaged 18.9 points a game, okay. 23.6 rebounds a game. And 4.5 assists. But he also shot under 46% from the field and under 60% from the free throw line. Yeah, he probably played stellar D. I'm assuming they won the championship that year. Uh, yeah, that was in their run of exactly. always winning exactly. the championship. You know, okay, I'm not going to throw MVP voting for how they did it back then to how they do it now. But is it, do, you, do you find that surprising? That Very neither surprising. of those seasons was worth the MVP award? Yeah, very surprising. Look, if Russ's team finishes with the seventh seed and he averages what he did statistically, I, personally, I would think that means the rest of his team significantly underperformed. Do you penalize him for that? I think the way MVP votes have been going lately, it's usually the best player on one of the best teams. That's how I see it. I don't see... I mean, look, 38, 12, and 12, or whatever he averages. If he does average a triple-double, um, I do think... You know, I do think that's incredible. That's one of the best statistical seasons ever, as, as I mentioned before. But I don't think that there's going to be no one else out there who could win MVP. I mean, Kawhi has been playing out of his mind. You pointed out right before we started tonight, Kawhi, I think, is leading the league in, in PER. Anthony Davis is Anthony, leading the league in PER. Kawhi is second. Westbrook is third. So there you go. He's never been a paragon of efficiency. There you go. So Kawhi, who's added mid-range, step-back, off-the-dribble shots to his game this year. If you if you have the Spurs, who are the first or second team in the West with a comparable record to what they had last year, of course you make him MVP. I think LeBron and Kyrie might dilute themselves a little bit. I think all of the Warriors dilute themselves a little bit by being on the same team. So the answer to your question is, if, if the Thunder meet expectations, yes, Russ would be MVP with those numbers. If they are below expectations, even though it wouldn't be his fault, 
I don't think he's MVP. Speaking of LeBron and Kyrie, you took issue with something. I I think I texted you earlier this week. Do you want to uh, enlighten our listeners? You didn't text me. It was what you said last week. Oh, was it what I said last week? I can't. Unless remember. I'm forgetting something. But go on. That you said this is this year would be last LeBron's last year to be MVP. I, I may have you said, said this, something like that. No, you you literally. I don't. I don't want to say verbatim. I might miss a word here or there. You said this is LeBron's last shot to be MVP. And then you emailed me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you here. Under potential op- topics to discuss this week, quote: Is Kyrie the regular season alpha dog slash MVP uh, yeah, candidate? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. Okay. So to answer what that means first to rebut what you said last week. LeBron will be unfairly compared to the statistical seasons of his past, but no, I do think he's got two, maybe three more years left to be an MVP candidate. We don't have to get into that, but to the point that I was making in the email, I do think that there will be times this year where LeBron backs off a little bit, maybe to save his legs for the playoffs. I think for the regular season, you could see stretches where Kyrie is... Like I said, the alpha dog, where he's averaging 30 points a game, where he, where he's the guy you go to in crunch time. LeBron, you know, will take the distributing. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, he'll take, you know, he'll take the point guard duties away from Kyrie. I don't think Kyrie's going to average more than five assists a game, if that. Do you think Kyrie could ever win an MVP award on the same team as LeBron? No, because that's like saying, could Scottie Pippen ever win one with, with Michael Jordan on the team? If Scottie Pippen ever had a statistically better season than Jordan, could he have? I don't think Kyrie could have a statistically better season. Could he score more points? For sure. Could he shoot better threes? For sure. Rebounding and assists? No. Defense? No. Crazy, cool, chase down blocks? Don't see that happening. Kyrie's winning now, though, in cool commercials. It used to be LeBron, but Uncle Drew is, is way better the than the LeBrons ever were. Uncle you know, you heard it might be coming to the big screen? No. I did not hear that. That's what? There, yeah, I, I read somewhere, it could be a total rumor, so please do not quote me on this, that there could be an Uncle Drew TV show or movie or something. You can make Uncle Drew as a movie, it would be cool, but it would not hold a hat to Space Jam 2. And I know there's a lot of Michael Jordan loyalists who would probably not even watch Space Jam 2, but you put two of the biggest stars of our generation, LeBron James and Bugs Bunny, on the same team... <sighs> Magical happen. Marissa Marcelino, by the way. So Marissa, I told her in the office today that we were recording podcast number two. Good friend of mine from college, Doug knows her well, used to live with us. She said, can you mention Space Jam, the Space Jam anniversary and maybe Space Jam 2? And I said, I don't think we're going to get to it this week. And you brought, I didn't tell, tell, I didn't tell you, did I? I didn't you did you. not tell me. You're welcome, Marissa. That was for you. But, okay, so what's, what's the next category? The next category of my mid-season awards? Yes. Okay is least valuable player of the entire week of the season so far. Who you got? It's not a player. It's an entire organization minus one player. It's the New Orleans Pelicans. Anthony Davis, as you already pointed out, is leading the league in PER. He had a 50-point, 15-rebound game. What he did statistically in that game was never done before. They are currently winless. They have no pieces. They have nothing. They have nothing. Teams are going to focus on Anthony Davis. He's going to try to do too much. I really hope he doesn't get injured. They, I don't understand how they and why they spent the money they did in free agency. Look, what happened to Drew Holiday, terrible, unforeseen, feel terrible about it. He's a very good player. He could obviously help this team. Tyreek Evans, as we mentioned, always injured. But the money- do, you think, do you think someday 
like when we look back at Tyreek Evans, he's going to be the guy that we mention for people who can never stay healthy to start a season. Has there ever been anyone you know that has started so many seasons seemingly banged up or out? Like, shouldn't you get healthy over the summer? Why can Tyreek Evans never start a season healthy? Well, someone who's always perpetually injured, I can sympathize a little bit, although I do consider myself tremendously tough at the same time. So Doug's had seven knee surgeries, which you probably know. He was telling me something a little uncomfortable earlier. He's recently gotten into Epsom salt baths, but you're having an issue now? (laughs) Yes. All right. So I buy my Epsom salt. Instead of the Walgreens store brand, I buy CVS store brand because I now live in an apartment that's closer to CVS. So besides the fact that it comes in a very tiny bag, and I, I do the Epsom salt in the bath, so I fill up a whole bathtub with the salt, it, it, it's mint scented, which sounds lovely, but when I get in a bath of mint scented salt and I get out, I can't shake the smell. I smell like a candy cane, and I, I, I don't enjoy it. I mean, like my hair, everything, I, I smell kind of weird. Would, would you rather we smell really strongly like mint? Constantly, okay. perpetually for the rest of your life. Does that include my breath? Yeah. Yeah, okay. minty breath, minty breath. Okay. Or smell like strong poop, like a really bad duty. No, not for their sake. Two hours a day, but for those two hours, you have to be in public. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take the mint. I'll definitely take constantly home. mint. Yes, those two hours could be at the gym when maybe you're not trying to. Smell I have good. to be in public. You have to be in public, but you don't have to be anywhere specific. How how repugnant is the the poop smell? Um, it probably hits you when you're like three, four feet away, but not when you're like down the block. Is it so bad that like someone will come up to me and immediately beeline away because it's how bad it is? No, they, they would. It's it's you know when those people like smell bad. It's like a bo or like maybe they didn't wipe themselves well enough, and you're like, oh, that's bad. I probably should leave, but it doesn't hit you immediately, and it's, you, you gotta like figure out, oh, that's not good. That level. I'm going with the mint. I'm sticking with the mint. Minty fresh. It's not the word that. Now that you brought this up, I have a new regard for my Epsom salt bath, and I won't complain anymore. So so thank you for that. Here's my least valuable player. Go for it. It's actually Bradley Beal. Interesting. Man who's making, what is it, 20, 40, 60 million more than John Wall? It's more than John Wall. That's, I, that's I don't all you need to the say. The exact number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so far, through this season, yeah. he's averaging 13 points a game, which would be fine if he wasn't supposed to be a potential all star candidate. Yeah, it's not fine for him. He's shooting 38%, right. 20% from the three, and has a PER of a measly eight. The Wizards, meanwhile, have won exactly how many games? I think just one. Zero. Zero. I'm sorry. Sitting at the bottom of the league. Yeah. And everyone was saying that the future of the Wizards, because John Walt performs, lay on Bradley Beal's shoulders, and he's just not getting it done. No, I'm with you. And, And, you know, Beal's 23 and also seemingly always perpetually injured. And if he doesn't play really well, it's going to irk John Wall. It really is. It might cause John Wall to leave. It definitely might. I, I mean, I think he's already on his way out. But all right, next category. Next category, front office of the year. I have one. I'm not going to get into it. Mine is the Cavs, specifically LeBron James. He orchestrated the entire roster. 
I do not give any credit to anyone else but LeBron James. He got everyone who needed to be signed, signed. The whole core is now signed through the length of LeBron's contract. And that team is now intact, and they're playing well. And you know what? When they weren't playing well, everyone criticized GM LeBron. So they should now compliment GM LeBron. And you know I'm not quick to say that. No, but, you're, but never, I totally ever, you're like Skip Bayless, actually. <laughs> my GM, I mean, I hope my face looks as good as, well, no, he's all Botoxed up. But if I didn't have Botox and I looked that young at his age, I'll take it. Go on. <laughs> um, Skip Bayless, if you're listening. That's cool if you're listening. Yeah, that's Thanks really listening. cool. Thanks for listening. My GM of the week is Sam Hinkie. Now, the Sixers haven't won a game yet. They just lost like a really it. close one to Orlando where they were up 10 in the fourth quarter. And young things happened to a young team that, that made them lose. But they're showing signs of life. Joel Embiid is on the court and playing very well. Dario Saric has come over from Europe and is making an impact. There are signs of progress. So I'm giving it to Hanky. I like that. I like that. Almost makes me want to revise my pick, but I'm sticking with LeBron. I feel you. And uh, you had last one you wanted last to Last one. Coach of the week. Don't have to get into it too much. But it's Fred Hoiberg. He's actually making this Bulls team work. You were so low on the so Bulls. Low. And I tried to explain it, and I couldn't really do it. And I said, I just have a feeling that they're going to find a way to score because they have good players. Look, not only are they scoring tremendously, much better than I thought, but they're doing it mildly with the three-point shot. Do I expect Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler to keep shooting the three they, the way they have been? I know Dwayne Wade you know, had the dagger three-pointer in their first game. No, I don't, ex- I don't expect the threes to go in. But you know what? They're actually making teams having to respect them out there. And then these, between Rondo, Butler, and Wade, they're three slashers. If they're just showing shot fakes and driving to the lane, they're going to dump it off. I like Robin Lopez's activity down there. Taj Gibson's played really well. Give credit to the players, but really give credit to Fred Hoiberg because I think a lot of people were actually down on the Bulls coming into the year. And they've looked great. Dwayne Wade yeah. is shooting three threes a game. Yeah. Last year he shot .6. Until the playoffs. And he's, he's Until hitting, the playoffs. Right. And he's hitting 1.7 of them, 56%. Yeah, it's not going to hold. Unbelievable. It's not going to hold, nor do I even think he's going to continue to shoot that many threes. He'll have the open opportunities. Um, but I like it. I think, all, and I, I think Rondo, Butler, and Wade are sharing the ball well. I didn't think that could happen. They're all ball-dominant guards. They all consider themselves point guards at one point in time. Yeah, true. My coach of the week boring pick is Greg Popovich. Oh, Pop. And let's not get into it. The Spurs are doing Spurs things yet again. For everyone who wants visual, by the way, Doug has gotten up off the box drum, is now stretching, kicking his knees out. Doing yoga. He's no, not doing yoga. He's not doing yoga. We should podcast your yoga sessions. Just, just the sounds, or do you want visual too? I, yeah, little, I, little no, Facebook no, no, no. I'm going to save everyone the visuals. So, I want to move on to, to looking at a couple of statistical oddities. S- surprise stats from the first week of the season. Can we, can and we, whether they mean anything. Can we call the segment Ben's Statistical Oddities? Yes, Ben's Statistical Oddities. I feel like I need a jacket for this. Ben's Statistical Oddities, everyone. So, here's ben, the first one. Please give me a statistical oddity. Here's a statistical oddity for you. Miles Turner is 8th in the league in player efficiency rating with 31.4. If this would hold, it would be on par with Steph Curry's year from last year 
and top 10 PER of all time. Of course, numbers are inflated now, and there are guys like Anthony Davis and Kawhi, like we mentioned earlier, doing crazy things. But, is this a sign of things to come? A sign of things already in place? Or has he just had a couple of good games and, and matchups that are good for him? No, I actually... Do I think he's going to finish with a top 10 PER of all time? No, I do not. Do I think he has the potential to make an all-star team this year as a center in the East? Absolutely. He came into the league as a raw kid with with skills with a tremendous athleticism and a skill set offensively and defensively when he came out from Texas and he showed flashes last year and, and he seemingly put it together and he actually has a very good team around him um, to help him flourish. I think all the focus defensively is going to be on Paul George when you're playing the Pacers. I think Monta Ellis has commanded enough respect that people have to, you know, stay on him and stay focused on him. Same with Jeff Teague. I like what Miles Turner has shown. Let's see when defenses adjust to him because it's only been a few games. And I think the Pacers have underachieved as a team and Nate McMillan has been a terrible coach so far. But I do like what I've seen from Miles. Statistical oddity number two. Dun, 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 dun. Offensive rating, which is just a fancy complex formula to measure basically how well you allow your team to get the ball in the basket. It includes points and assists and not turning the ball over and creating chances, all those sorts of things. First in the league is Jimmy Butler, which for a, for a Bulls team that's really getting done on offense, people didn't expect it to be number one, but we could, we could see it. It's not he, shocking. He's a superstar. Here's the statistical oddity. Numbers two and three are Patty Mills and Dwayne Dedman, backup center on the Spurs. How do you feel about that? I, well, I'm, I'm not shocked that all the Spurs players for efficiency stats would be doing well, but it made me think of how important Patty Mills is to this Spurs team. One key fixture of all the Spurs' success over the past two decades has been a sixth man who can change the game. A sixth man who is always better than your sixth man. A guy who could make shots, create plays for others, and, and, and change a game every time he got on the court. Yes. Patty Mills has been maybe, potentially, that guy over the last couple years. So you're saying he's like Could the... he make the jump? And with Ginobili getting exactly. older... Can Patty Mills be Manu Ginobili 2.0? Different player. But but if if he is, that's the piece the Spurs need to be a real championship contender. He will not be Manu Ginobili 2.0 because that would imply that he's the new or upgraded version of Manu Ginobili. 1.7? Manu Ginobili I was going to say, like, yeah, 0.8. But I think the Spurs would take that. Ginobili's a Hall of Fame player. I don't think anyone expects Mills to be, but you're absolutely right. He's... You know, in, in an age where, where Tony Parker is not going to command the, the minutes that he used to, I think they're going to rely on Mills a lot more. Though Popovich doesn't deploy Mills in the Tony Parker role. Like, when Tony Parker sits out, he Popovich has been hesitant to start Patty Mills. He really likes him off the bench the same way he does Ginobili, and I completely agree with you. He's, he's that guy. I mean, he showed... He was great in the Olympics. Yeah, and how about that Olympics bump? Jimmy Butler... Number one in, in offensive rating, Patty Mills. We're seeing a lot of great play from guys in the Olympics. Was Dwayne Dedman in the Olympics? <laughs> Does Dwayne Dedman secretly play for a random country? Let's just, uh, let's just call that what it is. You know what? To be fair, I'm sure Boban was high on that list last year. 
but I don't see Dwayne Dedman making a tremendous impact. He's, he's a good defensive player off the bench. So it's interesting to see that he's actually offensively rated high, but I don't think we need to, to spend too much time talking about Mr. Dwayne Dedman. So those are our two statistical oddities of the week. Hope you enjoyed Ben's statistical oddities. Presented by Kia Motors. We got Kia Motors, Doug? Yes. Are we allowed to say that? Will Kia sue us for saying that they're our sponsor? Is, is Kia that illegal? listening to the podcast? I don't know, but is that illegal? Thanks for listening, Kia. I wonder. Okay, it's not. It, asterisk, fine print, it, it's not. This Dallas, it's, it's yes. not sponsored by Kia Motors. But we're going we're gonna to wrap up shortly. Last thing we want to do, we made picks last week. We've got a wins pool. Basically, whoever picked 15 teams that has more wins than the other guys' 15 teams will win. And I just want to call you out on something that I was shocked by last week. I cannot and imagine where you're going You've with been this. proven to be utterly wrong. Thank, thank you. The Phoenix Suns, your surprise eighth playoff team in the West, are 0-4 and really dreadful in almost every facet of the game. Defend them. Defend yourself. <sighs> All right. Should I defend myself first? You know, I consider myself a nice guy. I just try my best at everything I do. I don't have notes today. I apologize, but... Oh, Doug, yeah. Dramatic lack of preparation this week. All right, anyways. How I could defend the Suns... You know, I still think they have to mature as a team. I still think they will be in the playoffs this year. Um, TJ Warren has shown the flashes and the upside that I thought he could show. Bledsoe is an all-star when he's healthy and he stays on the court. I like Brandon Knight off the bench. He could arguably be one of the best six men. But, yes, they are winless so far. They've played a few close games. They've played some teams like the Thunder. And I know you're just going to say, oh, the Thunder aren't very good. But they've played the Thunder close. They played the Warriors pretty close. They, you know, were trailing by a few points to the Clippers yesterday in the third quarter. Um, But I'm sticking by them. I don't give up. I don't give up that easily, Benjamin. I know you like to. Ben is the king of overreactions. He is the absolute king of overreactions. He would stub his toe and then get worried that he's, you know, that he needs like a whole body scan because it it, it screwed up the whole body. They say the toe bone's connected to the thigh bone, the thigh bone's connected to the whatever. It it, it affects things. That's an anatomy lesson for you. All right. I'm trying to overreact less. Uh, But do you have any closing thoughts from the week? Yeah, I do. I still like the Cavs to win the NBA championship. I'm still reserving judgment because I'm allowed to do that. You are. Do you have any closing thoughts, though, that you'd like to share with our amazing listeners? Yes. I would just like to say that if you haven't gone out and watched this Los Angeles Lakers team, they're incredibly entertaining. And I think they have a future. That said, they might be the worst offensive team in the... Sorry. They might be the worst defensive team in the history of basketball. The The LA Lakers? This year. I don't even think they're the worst defensive team in the NBA right now. I can't think of... The Houston Rockets, coached by Mike D'Antoni, led by James Harden. Yeah, there you go. The Lakers beat the Rockets. The, The Rockets... Look, James Harden's putting up amazing numbers, but they are terrible on defense. Well, we've now ended on a... Sad note. Yeah, we have. Sorry. Uh, I don't know how to end these things. I, I have one request for our awesome listeners. If you made it this far, 
Yeah, if you made it this far, thank you. Um, and if you happen to know someone who works at uh, Kia Motors, it would be appreciated appreciated if you could reach out to their marketing department and ask if they would like to sponsor the podcast because we we would like that. And it would make what I said factual. And if you know Skip Bayless, just slide this under his door. This no, don't my... do that. Don't do that. You could just email it to him. You don't have to slide anything under his door. That's that's weird. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Is the is the whole sliding under the door thing dead? Like in society, I feel like it had a place for a while. Well, like it depends. What what are we sliding under a door? Like an envelope yeah. containing a letter. A letter. A no letter. one writes letters anymore. My mom actually got on me that the other day. She's like, after you spend a weekend at your cousin's house, do you write them a letter? And I was like, what? She's like, they would like to receive it. Huh? I was like, huh? I mean, we're both veterans of summer camp, so... Oh, and I never wrote a letter ever there. And there were a few dinners I had to stay outside the mess hall because yeah, of it. I don't think I'd be allowed home if I didn't write a letter. Yeah, that's probably true. Alright, thank you for listening. Sorry to keep you for an extra few minutes. Uh, look out for episode three. Coming soon. Later. Later.